Assalamualaikum everybody, hope you're all safe, sound and healthy and I'm back. And why am I back? Well, because as predicted, people are being kidnapped, resignations are being handed over, people are going missing. And as I said, expect weird crimes to suddenly occur, expect kidnappings, expect threats expect all this to happen just before the elections because as i said right till the end they will try that if they cannot 100 percent hijack the elections then there will be no elections so get ready for that today's the uh, second it's friday and it is the second of february and it's closing on midnight but actually it's now Technically, it should be the 3rd of February as I speak because when I was jotting down the notes, um, it went well past into midnight. Also, because after I'd actually made the notes for this podcast, I decided to just listen to Mohit Birzada just to see if I'm missing anything. And as usual, he seems to have said most of what I was already planning to say. <laughs> which is quite gratifying but at the same time it's a bit disturbing because then I have to change my words because believe it or not some of the actual words and expressions were ditto of what I had jotted down so I'll try to change those um, but obviously it's not surprising because to anybody who has eyes ears and a brain you know I don't think any of the words can come out of one's mouth to be honest So, um, let's begin with the kidnappings and with the resignations. Um, as we know, since Faizisa has come, um, we've had a lot of judges um, that have been targeted who refused to become his minion. Then we had a lot of judges that were forced to resign then there were other judges that um just resigned um and now recently the lower high court judge shahid jamil he has resigned and very interestingly in his resignation although he did that formal thing you know there's this formality where you say oh i'm resigning for personal reasons but underneath it he jotted down Alam Iqbal's poetry and that is actually why his resignation has you know become such a focal point here for everybody why everybody's taking such an interest is because in his resignation the poetry that he quoted of Alam Iqbal was the poetry that Alam Iqbal had written um, during the British Raj where he negated slavery um, and so basically quoting this poetry was simply saying that I cannot work as a slave judge anymore and I cannot work under these conditions and I cannot accept it. So I resign. So that's the gist of that poetry. That's the gist of the reason why he's resigned. And as we know, already the accountability court judge, Mahmoud Bashir, who tried his level best not to tarnish his reputation by this bogus 
treasury case against Imran Khan because remember he is the judge who judged um, all the corruption cases of Nawaz Sharif, of Gilani, of you know um, all the other politicians and so this to him is a matter of pride and honor that when he's this near retirement he would not want a blemish on his record but unfortunately he has blemish now he has a veritable blemish on his record and I, it seems he really is sick because he asked for medical leave until retirement and he was forced to still hold this trial to judge the trial and I don't know if it's because he was already sick or if it's because of the the shame um, the pressure the fact that he had no choice but to go through a bogus trial and to give uh, you know to sentence Imran Khan to a punishment based on fabrications it may have taken its toll because he literally fainted in court as soon as he gave the verdict you know he just fainted so there's that um and then there's this uh, weird sort of a to me it's it's a double-edged sword sort of a thing where we have nadra's deputy assistant director who's been reported uh, his name is najibullah he has been reported to have been kidnapped because his brother um was very concerned he had um, he said first he had he talked to his brother and he had said that he's on his way to Peshawar and he said last he talked to him he said that he was now in Peshawar but he's been taken so and he seemed really really worried so the fact that he's worried and yet he's been taken it means it's obviously your establishment um, now why would the establishment suddenly decide to kidnap one of their officials one of the government officials in Peshawar that to me is a question I think we need to ask why Peshawar it does that mean that the establishment is trying to somehow look for a way to target Peshawar because as we know Peshawar and the northern areas you know KPK Balochistan Kirkit Baldistan Kashmir these areas are out of the government's control out of their hands um, they're the ones that are still very, very vocally uh, protesting against every every illegal act that's going on. Their courts are not under the government, you see. Their courts are refusing to be ordered by the illegal government, by the army. So I have this feeling that they are trying to look for a way to attack Peshawar or certain people in Peshawar, if you know what I mean. And that this might be an excuse for them um, to pretend that you know oh somebody in Peshawar uh, has kidnapped the deputy deputy assistant director so you know this is our way in you know what I mean I think that is what they have in mind but I'm not sure um, then we have uh, Sayyid Ali Raza Shah he is the cousin of the PTI candidate um, the current candidate for the coming elections, um, Vajahat Hasnan Shah. So, um, so basically, in order to pressurize Vajahat Hasnan so that he should um, withdraw his candidacy and let his um, opposing candidate from Nawashi's group, from Nawashi's party, PMLN, to run unopposed in that area, 
just for that they have kidnapped his cousin Sayyid Ali Raza Shah who by the way is visually impaired and that is basically why they kidnapped him to raise concerns in the family you know to add pressure um, that the innocent guy you know what they're going to do with him so similarly Sana Javed although she finally got her candidacy approved once again she's disappeared in the sense that you, we don't know what's going on it seems that she's somehow they've managed to sideline her again so that Mariam Nawaz um, should run unopposed again in Lahore um, so yeah other similarly other PTI candidates have been pressured or pressurized in a similar fashion people's family members are going missing so remember I told you expect this to happen um, apart from that there are also rumors I'm not sure how how legit this is that the establishment is also putting pressure that the Supreme Judicial Council should target those judges that have already retired you know but refuse to get on they're you know on the same page as them so they're 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 looking for a way where they should now target harass exploit and threaten and target retired judges as well most probably you will hear some cases made against certain judges who did not do their bidding so i think that it if i think it's it's actually even more pathetic and shameful if you think about it that you have judges like faizisa and you know those of his clique and those of his kind in for example Islamabad High Court um, and you see that they are being loyal dogs of the hounds so imagine the hounds of the US have in turn got hounds <laughs> so the hounds of the hounds are being so loyal and yet I mean look at how they're, tre they're treated just as bad as the original hounds are being treated by their US masters in that they are fulfilling all their wishes they're literally being dictated to and they're you know that dictation is handed over to these judges and these judges are reading it out loud as their decisions and yet when they do even try to give their own other side decisions you know that you know to the police for example in a Diala jail that okay somebody is so-and-so needs to meet Imran Khan allow them to meet nobody's listening contempt of court straight away and these judges are such pathetic losers that you know uh, they can't even say or do anything they think that they're being judges oh they're listening to their masters oh they're you know they're going to add a few other orders and you know their masters will oblige them no such feat so i i, I really and I, I, talking about you know um humiliation and as you know i i've been i've been talking about how i feel about the men in pakistan um this whole recent um situation has just confirmed verified my thoughts on men in general but especially men in pakistan they always talk about honor they talk about protecting women if you talk, even if you listen to the men in korea and in japan and you know Pakistan India Bangladesh even in America and Europe oh, you know you need a man in your life I'm like yeah you mean I need a dog in order to protect me from other dogs 
But that's what I've always said. Whenever people talk about needing a man alive, I always correct them by saying, oh, you mean you need a dog in order to protect you from other dogs. In that case, you need to be careful which breed of dog you get. Or he might bite you, you know. And people used to laugh and agree with me. But I, actually, it's no laughing matter, okay. Um, you know, there's this this really old proverb um, that the elderlies uh, in, in our culture, the elders, they used to say that men are the snakes in the grass. And it's true. I think Khavar Monica is the epitome of that, of that very expression. And he is also the very definition of what I say when I say that if you need your life to be screwed, you need a man. But if you really need a good life, you need to stay away from them, you know. That is, that is my, my principle in life. I, if I need my life to get screwed, I'll go get myself a man, okay? So much for telling the women that, oh, I want to protect you for the rest of your life. And so much for trying to brainwash women into saying, oh, you need a man in your life, you know. What for? That man is going to be the first person that's going to turn around you. He's, he's going to turn around and he's going to stab you in the back, okay? And that's exactly what Khaver Monica did. The fact that the man has just shown the level he is, he has shown his character, he has shown what he's really made of. That, look at Imran Khan on one side, okay? Look at Imran Khan and then look at Khaver Monica and you will understand why Bushra finally divorced Monica and why she considered marrying Imran Khan after her divorce even though she didn't have a good marriage from all accounts. And by the way, you should listen to Moit Birzada's interview with her sister to get a full timeline that proves how much this person has lied in court. And I really don't care that he was under pressure. I don't care that he lied at gunpoint. What I care is that a man who is supposed to have married a woman, bore children with that woman, lived more than half of his life with that woman how is it that a man can spout such bs against the mother of his kids that's that's the, that's exact and i think that that just tells you the character of the man it doesn't say anything about the woman but it tells you everything about the man me i always look at what a man does when he's divorced his wife if that man tries to talk against his wife. And by the way, this is not just my principle. I I actually, later on, uh, sometime in life, I read through and found that this was also our prophet's principle, that a man who talks about his wife in public, either while he's still married to her or after, when it's finished, and any man who discusses his wife or make wife jokes, you know, any, any, any man that makes wife jokes, any man that sits with his other male friends and talks about his wife, or any man that talks about any woman in general, but in this particular case, he was talking about wives. And he said that these are the lowest of the low. And who else are the lowest of the low, according to the Prophet? Those men that slander women. Any man who tries to defame a woman or slander a woman is the lowest of the low. 
Pakistani men, you are the lowest of the low. I know American men are the lowest of the low too in many ways, but not. But I'm telling you, the the reason why I don't care about American men being lowest of the low is because, first of all, not all of them are. And if you compare it with Pakistan, to me, especially now, now, these two years have shown us Pakistani men are 100% lowest of the low. All that myth that people were always trying to talk about how Pakistani men or Indian men or Bengali men, you know, they respect their wives, they respect women, they give a lot of honor, they do this, they do that. BS. Total BS. These years have proved how Indian men don't respect women. You know, it has proved how Bengali men also don't respect. It has proved how Pakistani men also don't respect. I mean, what kind of a man respects his women that when he is in a bind, he pushes the woman in front and he, you know, he plays the innocent, he feigns innocence, you know, and he just moves around and acts as if he has nothing to do with anything. You know, it's like Nawaz Sharif and Maryam Nawaz, you can see. Everybody is swearing at Maryam Nawaz. Everybody is acting as if she's ruining her father's life. But the truth is, she's doing nothing but his bidding. And that's a fact. She is actually ruining her own life and her own reputation because of her father. And for her father. While her father sits at Fane's innocence. And at the end, he'll dump all the shit on her. And the rest of the country will dump their shit on her too. So, yeah, that is another reason why I say our men are begharat and they're shameless. They're the lowest of the low. Because instead of swearing at Nawashif and calling him out for being so begharat that he's putting his daughter in front, you're actually going to work together to agree with him the day he puts everything on his daughter. That's exactly what you're going to do. I know it. Because you're Pakistanis. You will do it. And this is again, as I said, compare Imran Khan and compare Khawar. Right? Imran Khan, he's gone through a lot of pressure. They tried to slander Jemima. He and Jemima, they dealt with it like pros. Okay? Now they're doing the same with him and Bushra. Again, the two of them are dealing with it like pros. If anything, Nawaz Sharif and the army have shown that they are the lowest of the low. Maryam Nawaz has just shown what, what gutter snipe she is in her family. She has just displayed her family background, how not respectable her family is. Whereas Jemima just proved that she comes from a very good, respectable family. And similarly, Bushra Bibi has also proved what kind of family she's come from, that she's come from a very good, very respectable family, that people have said so much shit, and she hasn't said a word in return. And she stood by her husband, and he has stood by her. Imran Khan is standing by his wife, and his wife is standing by him. Unlike Khawar Manika, the drunken a-hole, who was an abusive husband and who just because of materialistic pressure and materialistic gain just to save his property he has decided to sell his wife to the wolves i mean he just proved that if anything the woman should have divorced him eons ago 
seriously. And he proves my point when I say that our men are begherat. Right? So, so much for protection and so much for needing a man to protect you. When a man can just turn around and stab his wife in the back, a wife with whom he's had children who are now grown up and married themselves, you know, at this age, at this point in life, you are so weak-assed, you're such a coward, that you are spouting BS against your ex-wife just to save your property and just because you stayed two months in jail. If anything, that just shows what kind of a character you have, man. As they say, a person shows his true colors when confronted with money and when confronted with pressure. Imran Khan, look at how he's faring under pressure. And look at Khabar Monica. Imran Khan doesn't even have kids with Bashar Bibi, thank you very much. But just look at the way he's treating his wife and how he's upholding her respect. And look at this a-hole who has kids with the woman. And he's divorced the woman. He's lived more than half of his life with that woman. And just look at him spouting BS just because, ooh, he was in jail for two months. Utter BS, seriously. To me, as I said, he is the very, very, I mean, he is exactly the reason why, you know. I mean, he, just look at even all the other men, the PTI male members or the PTI female members who stepped forward in order to protect their husbands and their fathers. So much for men protecting you, you know. And the, at this point, as we can see, all, all the men are acting like these coward, weak-assed a-holes, whereas the women are fighting the establishment and the army and the illegal government. What does that tell you about your men? And what does that tell you about your mythical notions about protection? We need to protect ourselves from men, and we need to, in fact, protect the men. I mean, imagine that. What kind of a shit is that? So, yeah, men are snakes. That fact has been established. In these two years, that fact has been totally established. I think they, it, has, it has shown us that very few men are actually men. And, and, you know, because they're not even fighting. Men are not even fighting men. Men are fighting women and men are using women to fight. If that doesn't scream shamelessness, I don't know what does. So, yeah. So I would say, I would repeat something that I said a long time ago, when people used to say, why don't you enter politics? Why don't you go into leadership? And I was like, you better rue the day that happens, because if I come into politics, that means that all boundaries have been crossed, all limitations have been crossed, all extremes have been crossed. And so now the time for extreme measures has, have, has come. And that is why I am in politics. And one of the first things I would do is probably neutralize all the men in order to teach you how to be human beings first so that you think with your dicks less and with your brains more. You know, maybe you'll have to retrain men how to think with their brains. That's all I can say, seriously, because I have seen nothing honorable by any man except 
except the very older men, you know, like Shami Mukhrishi, and I've seen Pervez Ilahi, and they've surprised us all. To be honest, we did not expect them, you know, to brave it out, but they did. They actually proved their worth as veteran politicians. That is also something. And you know, to be honest, I have never even heard Zardari slander a woman. The way I've heard Nawaz Sharif slander women, the way I've heard his party members slander women, the way I've heard his own daughter slander women and men, I have never heard even Zardari, who, by the way, is not at all a light man, and he is known to be one of the worst of the worst. But this also speaks about his character, that that man has never said a word against any woman. And that is something worth, worth noting. That even for that man, this is too low for him. So imagine how low the Sharif family and their minions in PMLN are. You know, how low are they? They're even lower than Zardari, seriously. <laughs> but anyway, so... This, again, I, I really just don't know what to say. Um, I am just, at this moment, once again, just tired and fed up of the fact that every prediction that I make about this country and its people, you know, it's coming true. The one, the one prediction that did not come true was when I didn't when I said that oh the people are so lazy they wouldn't even get up you know the way they need to for Imran Khan at the time when Hong Kong came out and Pakistan came out and that was the time when the people went against my prediction and the people just came out in drones but now once again the people are just pretty much going according to my prediction you know I know I know but that people are thinking it's more mature and civilized. We need to get the elections. But again, as I said before, these elections will only be held if and when the U.S. imported fifth columnists are 100% sure that they can hijack the elections. Otherwise, these elections are going to be as bogus as the ones in the one in Bangladesh, right? And these elections will not take place. I'm saying these elections because I'm thinking about provincial, you know, national, all the different. But okay, let's just say, you know, so these elections will not take place if in any way they feel they do not have 100% control over it. So keep that in mind. Yes, the one way to make them lose control is to ensure that we actually do vote. I get that. Why? Because they are trying their best to discourage people from voting by separating each family member's um, polling station and by taking us far away from our original polling stations. You know, these are their different ways to discourage people from voting. And I know that people will still go and people will still vote and people will still, and that's amazing. Do it, definitely do it. If they manage to get the elections done, then yes, let's vote. 
But again, remember, if they manage to hijack the results of these elections again, which is something that they have really, really become experts in. After all, they've been doing it since the 70s. So be ready then for a very long bloody fight because then it would be so difficult to get rid of them. If they shove these elections in our face and if they shove their fabricated results in our face, we can scream blue murder, but they will not move. After that, we're trapped and we're stuck. Keep all these things in mind and let's look for strategies. This is me signing out for the house.